Welcome to the Bridge Church Podcast. To find information about the bridge, including service times and directions, check out thebridgeportage.org. We hope the following message inspires you to be one, make one. Psalm 9, verses 1 and 2. I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all the marvelous things you have done. I will be filled with joy because of you. I will sing praises to your name, O Most High. Well, good morning, everybody here and online. My name is Heidi Wenke, and I am the director of Bridge Kids Older, which was the group of kids here in the front. And I get to hang out with them most, well, pretty much every weekend. But today I get to hang out with this guy who I happen to be married to. Yes. Yes. Okay, keep going. Remember, we got to Folks, we are excited about sharing this. That when we knew this series, I'm like, hey, would you team teach this? This is just part of our passion. We both have grown so much in mm-hmm. giving our wholehearted worship. And our seven essentials that we've had on the screen several times now, I asked the question, which of these do you not really need? And for sure, wholehearted worship is is one of those key elements we want every single person to grow into. That's why we're teaching this today. From our books, this is a quote at the beginning of the section of wholehearted worship, page 103. Our God is worthy of worship. Disciples find delight in giving praise, glory, and honor to the only one who deserves it. When we grow in faith, worship flows from our hearts and lips, and every experience of life can be a place for worshiping in spirit and in truth. I want you all to immediately understand I'm talking more, much more than just an hour on a weekend coming here to church. It's not about a style of music you like or even a worship leader that you're um, drawn to. Today we're simply talking about wholehearted worship. All right, Peg, come on up. Folks, here's the question. If there's such a thing as wholehearted worship, that means there's such a thing as half-hearted worship, right? There's even just come to a church service and not really engage in worship at all. And if you had to ask yourself the question, are you one of the people that is engaged in wholehearted worship already, or is that something you know you need to grow into? And I think we all need to grow into that. And I want to give you this, this song, and Pace will play a little bit of this. Lord, I give you my heart. Listen, listen to the lyrics to this beautiful song. This is my desire to honor you Lord, with all my heart, I worship you. All I have within me, I give you praise. All that I adore is in you. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. And every breath I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way in me. Thanks, Peg. I like it that you play that. That was, And then we timed that yeah. perfectly. Wow. Some of us in this room and online love the musical singing part of worship. And you didn't want Peg to stop. You wanted me to stay. Let's stand up and let's sing that song and let's get into this. 
Others like, please don't make me sing any more songs. I come to church mainly for the message. The songs is just like the previews of the movie. I can skip some of those. I want to see the movie. I know some of you worship people just, I can't believe you said that. It's true. Mm -hmm. Some of us are wired in such a way that music just moves our souls. Some of us have to intentionally say, wow, the lyrics of that song, I want to recite those over and over in my head. And music doesn't move me as much, but I want to get to that place. I'm going to let this song, I'm going to let these lyrics at least move me along. Nick Sims, our worship director, said something I just really liked. I'm going to share this quote with you. Worship gatherings are trying to evoke the emotions that should be present before our holy God. And every so often, people are like, oh, music, it's like you're trying to do this emotional thing. Yeah. Before a holy God, there should be some emotion, some heart that stirs. I love it that some of the songs we sing just move me, and I hope you. If that's a struggle for you, I'm hoping that you at least step into that at whatever level you can, because I think there's richness for all of us here. God calls us to worship him by engaging our entire beings, and that includes our mind, our affection, and our behaviors. Worship basically is our head, our heart, our life. And that may be new thinking to you. Take a look at the logo on the screen. That's the logo we have for this um, uh, ingredient. And it shows us holding up our whole heart with our hands. But as I was brainstorming, there's a lot of barriers that prevent us from actually holding up our whole heart to the Lord in worship. For me, sometimes it's unconfessed sin. I know I should forgive, but oh, it's hard for me to hold up my whole heart. Sometimes it's a struggle with being vulnerable, and Jeff and I are actually processing that through in our marriage right now. Sometimes it's you're walking through a pain or a hurt in life, and so for you to actually take your heart and say, okay, Lord, I'm giving it to you, it's scary. And then you're not feeling like you trust God because of maybe that hurt or pain or a broken relationship with someone around you, and you're like, I can't do this. Some of you struggle with a belief in God. Is God actually real, or why is he allowing this to happen? And then sometimes we get too much into our heads, and we're thinking, what are people going to think? If I'm worshiping with my whole heart, what are people around me going to think? So what's your barrier? Have it in your head and allow the Holy Spirit today to take that barrier and break it down, just like we sang in the song Champion, Walls Fall Down. And then open your heart up to what wholehearted worship can actually be. So when I saw the logo that we have for our series for wholehearted worship, I actually thought of my alma mater, Calvin University, because... Yeah. Go Knights. Anybody else, there, Calvin? Anybody else? Anyone else? That's right. <laughs> we met there, so it's actually a pretty special place for us, but take a look at their logo. On their logo, there's a Latin phrase, and the words are, God, I give my heart promptly and sincerely to you. Can you say it in Latin? No. So, that's basically a biblical no. worldview. All of my life is a worshipful response to God. That's the biblical worldview. And that means work is worship. That means my family gatherings are worship. That means my relationships are worship. There's no such thing as a secular part of my life and a sacred part of my life. There's no compartmentalization. For a lot of us, that's exactly what we do all the time. We go to our secular jobs. We go to the gym, and it's a secular place, and we work out. We have secular friends. We fill our mind with secular things. And then 
we add a little bit of worship on a Sunday morning or maybe a song in the car. Worship is not a hobby. Worship is our whole heart, our whole life, every bit of who we are offered before a holy God. And we all have growth towards what it means to be a wholehearted worshiper. You guys want to see what we looked like when we went to Kelvin? Check this out. Yeah, two little cute kids. Notice the date, 1991. How many of you are not even alive in 1991? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're old. Just deal with it. They don't even put timestamps on pictures anymore, right? But I fell madly in love with this lady, and it's just an incredible ride. Today, I want to ask you again a wholehearted worship. When you think of heart, go with me in the culture. Go ahead and do your hand motions. Everybody, can anybody do these hand motions? Yep. So often you see, oh, this and oh, this and friends and, and things. And I want to take you a step deeper than what our culture says or describes as the heart thing. And yet we're going to go describe a Hebrew worldview. So go back to Hebrew and look at the word for heart, love, uh, in Hebrew. And it means it wasn't just a body part to the Israelite people. They had a broader understanding of heart than we do in modern context. They thought of the heart as the organ that gives physical life and, this is the key part, the place where you think and make sense of the world, where you feel emotions and make choices. If only there was a video that could take us back to the Hebrew worldview to really understand heart. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Bible Project video back today. Here we go. For thousands of years, every morning and evening, Jewish people have prayed these well-known words as a way of expressing their devotion to God. They're called the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. And as for you, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. We're going to look at the fourth key word in this prayer, heart, which in Hebrew is sometimes pronounced levav, or more often in a shorter form, lev. Now, different cultures throughout history have had different conceptions of how the human body works, and this is also true of the ancient Israelite writers of the Bible. They knew that the heart was an organ in the chest that sustains life. There's mention of a heart attack in the Bible, Naval, whose heart died inside of him and he became like stone. But the biblical authors talk about the heart in many other ways that might seem strange to modern readers, and that's because these Israelites had no concept of the brain or any word for it. They imagined that all of a human's intellectual activity takes place in the heart. For example, you know with your heart in the Bible. Your heart is where you understand and make connections. In the book of Proverbs, wisdom dwells in the heart. And your heart is what you use to discern between truth and error, like Solomon did when he was king. So the heart is where you think and make sense of the world, and it's where you do more. In the Bible, the heart is where you feel emotions. You feel pain in your heart, like Hannah did when she couldn't have any children. In fact, the phrase, a broken heart, comes from ancient biblical Hebrew. You also experience fear in your heart. Your heart can melt or be distressed. Your heart can even be depressed. But then on the flip side, your heart is where you experience joy. In Hebrew, to be happy is to be good of heart or to have a heart of joy. So the heart is the generator of physical life. It's also the center of your intellectual and emotional life, and there's more. In biblical Hebrew, the heart is where you make choices motivated by your desires. So David had it in his heart to build a temple for God. Your heart is where your affections are centered. They're called the desires of your heart. And if you really want something and go after it, it's like what Nathan said to David, whatever's in your heart, go and do it. So then, in the Bible, the heart is the center of all parts of human existence, as in the well-known proverb, 
guard your heart because from it flows your whole life. Now the prophet Jeremiah believed that the human heart was fundamentally broken. He said, the heart of a human is deceitful above all, irreversibly sick, who can even understand it? He had watched a whole generation turn away from God. They started sacrificing their children as if that were a good thing. So this is why in the imagination of the Hebrew prophets, the only hope for humanity is the total renewal of the human heart. Moses predicted that if Israel was ever going to love their God, their heart would need to be circumcised, which is a very vivid and surprising metaphor about removing evil and stubbornness from the human heart. David, after he committed murder and adultery, pleads with God to create in me a pure heart. The prophet Ezekiel hoped for a day when God would remove the heart of stone and give his people a new heart of soft flesh, which is very similar to Jeremiah's hope that God would write the commands of the Torah on the hearts of his people. And that brings us all the way back to the Shema. Every day, God's people are called to devote to God their whole body and mind, their feelings and their desires, their future and their failures. This is what it means to love the Lord your God with all of your heart. So glad you had a chance to hear all of that, and we're going to try to unpack that. But I need to call a timeout quick a minute. Some of you have heard the phrase, you need to invite Jesus into your heart. It means a whole lot more than this. And I'm going to ask overtly if you've taken that step. Because you can be around church people a lot. You can even go to church a long time and never say, Jesus, I give you my heart, all of me, my mind, my emotions, my choices, my whole heart. My friends, there's a beautiful step where you drop all the walls that Heidi talked about, where you not just move into wholehearted worship for a moment, but wholehearted worship for a lifetime. There's a verse in the Bible that describes Jesus coming into our hearts. This is where we get that phrase. And I want you to hear this from Ephesians chapter 3. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And another translation says it this way, that Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. And I'm going to lead us in a very simple prayer, and for some of you, maybe this is the first time you pray along with me this prayer. Some of you may have made this commitment a long time ago, but today is a renewal. But I love to encourage people to let Jesus come into their hearts. Would you pray with me? God in heaven, you created our hearts to be incredibly um, inner parts of who we are. And God, for a lot of us, we have lived in a secular life doing our own thing away from you. And Jesus, today, we choose to open the door to our hearts and allow you to welcome you to, invite you to, ask you to come into our hearts, our whole being, and make your presence known. Make this place be your home where you dwell. We're not interested in religion. We're not interested in being gooder people. We want you to dominate inside of us. Jesus, what you did on the cross, the forgiveness, the blood you shed, the grace that you offer, may you now bring that directly to each and every one of us. Wash us clean from our sin. Make your home inhabited inside of each of us personally. And we pray that you, Jesus, would come into our hearts today. In your name alone we pray. Amen.
My friends, if you've just prayed that prayer with me, I'd love to meet with you afterwards and just encourage you. Some of you are like, hey, Jeff, I'm really still trying to figure out faith. I'm not quite ready to take that huge step. That's great. I want to pray and talk with you. If you're watching online, you're welcome to chime in or email me directly. Um, I love helping people make that connection and cross that line of faith. So whether you just gave your heart to Jesus or you did that a long time ago, Jesus has words for all of us, and he actually repeats Deuteronomy in the book of Matthew. And whenever Jesus repeats something from the old in the new, our ears and our eyes tune to that. This is what Jesus says when asked, what's the most important commandment? And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your mind. And he was just as clear that he does not want hypocritical people, people who pretend or put on airs. So he actually quotes from the book of Isaiah, also in Matthew, and this is what he says, you hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, for he wrote, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce. For they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. So let's not be those people. Mm -mm. Let's figure Mm -mm. out, just like in the Bible Project, how to worship God with our physical heart, how to worship God with our thought heart, how to worship God with our emotional heart, and how to worship God with the choices in front of us. Quick analogy, by the way, we're a married couple. And I have given my whole heart to Heidi. And you think about each one of those things, our marriage includes physical connection, thought connection, emotional connection, choices. Can you imagine if I said to Heidi, well, I'll give you one part of that, but not the other parts. I'm not going to think about you. I'm not going to make choices through the week to really honor you. I'm going to think about you once in a while, but the other ones, not really so much. That's not okay, right? When we talk about our wholehearted commitment to God, it is just that. Side note, back when you saw the picture of us back at Kelvin, it was much more emotional power oh, yeah. at that point, right? <laughs> like, oh, I'm so in love with this. Like, and there's still some of that, a lot of that. <laughs> Sometimes Heidi wishes I'm even like, that would diminish. Oh. <laughs> but the truth is, my choices all week long to honor my wife is just as much as the commitment of my whole heart as the emotions or feelings or physical yep. connection. Mm-hmm. Same is true for you and me. The real worshipful act isn't, like Heidi said, just one quick hour on a weekend. The real worshipful act is the choices we make all week long. Wholehearted worship, our great little logo, is not just in this building. It is all week long for all of us. Let's begin that today. Which, by the way, on your way out today, just to remind you about that, we brought cute little uh, potting soil and little pots, and there are two types of plants, a little marigold plant or a little basil plant. If it's meaningful for you and you don't mind getting a little dirty, go in the lobby when we're done today, plant your little plant, and then all week long, you're going to nurture it and care for it. You're going to have wholehearted plant care all week long. You're going to water it, talk to it, sing to it, put it by the sun. Uh, and, and my goal is that you watch your nurturing of that plant just like all week long we develop wholehearted worship. So let's go. First category, physical heart worship. How do you worship God with your literal physical heart. Not going to teach that, just going to pray that. So let's pray together. God in heaven, thank you for creating our physical hearts. In fact, our whole bodies which are made in your image. God, we pray right now that physically our hearts would be part of our wholehearted worship. Every time we exercise and get in shape physically, may that honor you as our worship. Every time we choose proper, healthy diet, 
May that honor you and be part of our worship. Every time we get a good night's sleep, may that honor you and be part of our worship. And God, if there is physical, sinful things we're choosing to do with our body that pollutes the very heart of worship that we say is for you, may you correct those physical acts. Teach us to convict us of and help us to stop those physical acts so that our whole heart may physically worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. So our thought heart, and our verse comes from Colossians 3, verse 1, which says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So I'm going to give you a little window into my life. One of the ways I set my heart on things above is I allow lyrics of songs to become the soundtrack for my life. So for me, songs specifically from my past inform a lot of my present and hopefully my future. So I have been saved by God's amazing grace. I once was lost, but now I am found. I surrender all. I won't be formed by feelings. I hold fast to what is true. And then, holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty. My soul wakes up to God's spirit moving inside of me as I move through my day when I say these words that we are going to sing at the end of this service. Holy Spirit, come like a flood, like a fire. Holy Spirit, fall in this place and in my heart soundtrack of my day, setting my heart on things above. Mm -hmm. But now my emotional heart, our emotional hearts. If you look back at the book of Psalms, David is filled with a lot of emotions. So if you're ever wondering about your emotions, read some Psalms, and you will feel very comfortable hearing what David has to say. In, it, in those Psalms, he expresses fear, distress, depression, joy. We see David talking about singing, dancing, crying. He doesn't have a band and he's just, he's just going with it. Many of us have powerful memories that actually bring tears to our eyes when we think about them. And for me, this is one of the most powerful memories I have. And it is of my dad standing next to me in the pew at church, singing the song, Great is Thy Faithfulness. And I can hear his tenor voice singing these words, and that shapes my emotions because my parents lived yeah. into this song and into Scripture every moment of every day. They really did. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not. Thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Those lyrics shape my emotions. Recently, we've been walking through a, a hard period in the lives of my 92-year-old parents. My mom fell almost three weeks ago and broke three ribs and cracked a vertebrae in her neck. And it's amazing to me to watch my parents' well of faith informing how they're handling this. They know they're on the edge of eternity. They talk about it. 
but they can clearly and effectively say, great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. May this be true of us, that our emotions lead us in that way with scripture and song. This formation as a child obviously still informs my informs me today. And parents and grandparents, did you know that at the age of 16 weeks, a child in the womb can hear sounds? That means they can hear music. So the spiritual impact of singing and praising God starts way earlier than many of us even realized. So I'm going to encourage you, flood your homes with worship music. Flood your cars with worship music. Sing along with that worship music. Have your children know the sound of your singing voice. And as you tune your ears and your heart to the sounds of heaven, imagine what can happen in your home. Imagine the way a day can go differently because of what is playing on the soundtrack of your heart and your emotions. Parents of kindergarten through third graders, in the organic disciples bag that uh, that was talked about right at the beginning that um, Taylor was talking about, Um, I wrote a family worship time. All right, give it a try. What would it be like to actually have a worship service in your house? Okay, it may miserably fail, that you think. Then try it again, and again, and again. Have this be part of your sacred liturgy of the day, a worship service. Think of the impact that's going to have on your family. Mm -hmm. The last category are choices. The Hebrew worldview is very clear that the heart is where you make individual choices all week long. Rarely when I say, hey, how's your worship going? Do people go, oh, these are the choices I made last week. But wholehearted worship is going to change the choices you and I make all week long. We worship so much more Monday to Saturday than we do on weekends. So let's talk a little bit about that because these are key. Proverbs 4.23, Bridge Family. Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Wholehearted worship is going to change individual choices all week long. Psalm 139, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Then you heard this on the video too, Psalm 51. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. There's one more verse that Jeff and I wanted to point out, and it's from the Old Testament, the book of Ezekiel. And I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. So I thought of this like open heart surgery. Wholehearted worship is like that. The heart transplant Ezekiel talked about in the Old Testament actually came when Jesus sent his Holy Spirit. Ezekiel Ezekiel was foreshadowing the new covenant. Under the new covenant, our hearts of stone are removed. And God makes our hearts responsive to the direct influence of the Holy Spirit. This is not, I'm going to try harder or oh, I'm going to follow those rules better. That's not what this is because we have, we're under the new covenant. We have an advantage that the Old Testament, Old Covenant, they didn't have. In fact, when we sing and we're asking for a filling of the Holy Spirit, that's actually us singing and asking for open heart surgery. I love when you go off like that. <laughs> All right, my friends, enough of us 
teaching and talking about this. Let's try this. So if you're willing and able, would you please stand up? And here's how we're crafting the last uh, chunk of time that we have together in this space to prepare us for worship all week long. We're going to try some of the things that Heidi and I just described. We're going to try to activate parts of our hearts during our time of worship here in this space. And if you're worshiping with us online, here's one of those times. Get up off the couch and try this at home. Seriously, so often you just sit on the couch and you don't participate. Now is the time to participate. Folks, here's what I'm asking. I'm asking that our last few minutes, you and I stretch ourselves and just uh, move beyond what we kind of normally do in the space and the time that we are here. And so just let your heart be moved a little bit. We're going to try something that Jesus did every day of his life and every Jewish person did every day of their lives. We're going to recite the Shema. Remember that from the, the video? So I'm going to put the Shema up on the screen. And just by saying these words, go ahead and start from the right. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Here it, is. Here it is in English. Just by saying and declaring these words over and over and over again, the Israelite people said, I am going to do this. This is my commitment. This is my desire. Maybe sometimes they woke up and they didn't really feel it, didn't have the emotion there. Like, oh no, I'm going to say this again. And so let's try this out loud, speaking it. Here we go. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Say that over and over again. Love that. What we do physically aligns us emotionally and spiritually. It's so powerful when your body does an action that reflects the words you are saying. And so I'm going to challenge you in this. Everyone take your hand and put it over your heart. So let's try this. And here's a prayer of confession. And let's read this out loud together. This is going to be on the screen for you from Psalm 139, 23 and 24. And let's have our hand over our hearts as we read it. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. And holy God, as you enter our hearts more and more, any sin has to leave. So we confess that sin now and invite your sanctifying work in our hearts. There's another prayer that has to do with our hearts. So put that hand right back over there. And it's in Psalm 51, verse 10. Let's read this together. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. We need to say that again. Here we go. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Again, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. The next verse, you can put your hands down if you want to, answers the question, why do we sing in church? Why do we always have to sing? Especially people like, that's the part I like the least. Listen to this verse from Psalm 95. Here it is. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. I don't like to sing. I don't like to shout. Why all that emotion? I'm not emotional. I come for the message. Well, guess what? Psalms is calling us to sing joyfully to shout. Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise to him. And it goes off about who God is. The Bible is challenging us to sing 
especially people that don't like to sing so much, there's something about expressing and singing and trying that. And even if you're one of those people like, oh, this is my least favorite part of why we get together, try it and lean into it. Listen to all of those emotions that singing is supposed to stir up and move your heart to have the emotions that it's supposed to have the way God designed you to be. The end of that psalm says this, come let us kneel before our God and worship it and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our God. He is our maker. And here's the challenge. We won't do this right now, but sometime during our closing time of singing, I want each and every one of you to find a spot to kneel, either here along the stage or by your chair, because physically, it's what Heidi said, when your body physically does something, it's almost like your soul goes, oh, they're serious about this. Mm -hmm. And I double-dog dare you, especially people who have been holding back from God, kneel before the Lord your God, your maker. It does something. I'd encourage you to try that physically today. All right. So worship team, you can kind of lead us in and give us a little bit of space for this. On the screen are several specific things on how to do wholehearted worship. You can try any or all of these. The next chunk of time is for you. You get to do it in whatever order you want to. But listen to this. I hope some of you space, take some time and write, maybe in your message notes, or we have two tables in the back with little black pieces of paper and markers and colors and crayons and all kinds of cool stuff. Some of you are artistic. Would you go back there and write a verse that we just used in the Bible? Write a lyric that means a lot to you, like Heidi shared. Put the little clip on it, bring that home, put that somewhere you see it all week long. Let your worship happen all week long as you're reminded about what you wrote. And the next one is communion. And that Becky and crew, would you uncover the elements? We have elements up there. We have the gluten-free bread down here in the red. And watch this. I'm hoping most of you during this open time of worship will come up here on the stage and we have communion on both sides. Notice that we put the cross right there. There's something significant about walking towards the cross. Yeah, Becky, come on up and uncover that for me. Thank you. There's something significant about walking towards the cross, getting a little piece of bread representing the body of Jesus, a little cup, just juice in it, but representing the blood of Jesus, and literally walking towards the cross and saying, Jesus, what you did on the cross is for me. I receive you into my heart. I receive the forgiveness into my heart. Folks, there's no test you need to take. You don't need to be a good enough person because you wouldn't be anyway. Every single person is invited to have communion today. It's up on the state, up in the balcony as well. So you're going to spend some time writing. At some point, you're going to come up and have communion, maybe with the person you came with, maybe alone. Maybe your whole family is going to have communion together. Maybe you're going to kneel by the cross just to have that personal time. Lots of space for you. Kneeling is something I've encouraged you to do in praying. Sometime in the next chunk of time, would you pray silently by yourself? Would you say to somebody, hey, let's pray together, and let's make this be a house of prayer like Jesus asked for the worship space to be. And the last one is singing. Some of you are gonna sing every one of the songs and sing all the lyrics. Some of you are gonna just listen to the lyrics and let that just soak inside of you. So this space is for you. I'll come back at the end and wrap us up. But right here and right now, kind of think, how can I make this most meaningful, wholehearted worship time? Choose what you wanna do. People are gonna be moving all over the place praying, kneeling, uh, whatever you need to do. The prayer team's going to be up here in front if you want somebody to pray with you and for you. But this next chunk of time and space is for you. On your mark, get set, go.
Jesus, you have our whole hearts today, our mind, our body, our emotions, our choices. You have our whole hearts because we want to be engaged in a lifetime of wholehearted worship before you. 
So Jesus, take your proper place at the center of our lives. Take your proper place on the throne of our lives. May there be nothing else that we worship. May there be nothing else that we long for. May there be nothing else that comes between you and us. So Jesus, we offer you our wholehearted worship today and ask that you would continue to invade us, live inside of us, guide us, direct us, and by the power of your Holy Spirit, help us to walk every single day in a posture of worship where our hearts are before you. My friends, we're wrapping up our time of worship in this building. But guess what? Not the end of our worship service, just the start of our worship service. Because the real worship service happens Monday to Saturday. The real worship in our lives is the choices we make from this point forward. So we tricked you. We're gonna sing a song now that we normally sing at the beginning of our worship hour because it's the beginning of your worship week. The song is called Holy Spirit Come Like a Flood, Like a Fire. And that's not a ending song, that's a beginning song. So ladies and gentlemen, let's sing this out. Let's wrap up our time in this room. Let's begin our wholehearted worship week with this song. Let's go. Let's sing this.
can you feel it? Heaven is reaching. Oh, can you hear it? Our God is speaking. Oh, can you see it? He's got your healing. Oh, just receive it. Receive the freedom. Oh, can you feel it? Heaven is reaching. Oh, oh can you hear it? Our God is speaking. Yeah, can you see it? He's got your healing. Oh, just receive. Wednesday night back here for a worship time together, especially as uh, as they've alluded to. If, if you struggle with worship, we want you there. This is this is going to be a celebration for those that love worship. It's going to be a growth class like you would not believe for those that, that struggle with it. So we hope to see you there. Have a great week. And go in peace. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church in Portage, Michigan. For additional information, check out thebridgeportage.org or stop by and visit us.